headline stories, front page stories, Instagram, Facebook, and Snapchat stories. They're all well and good. But do these stories really tell us the real story? I know I definitely feel more informed when I read through the front page or if I browse through my social media feed. But there's always sometimes this lingering feeling that something's not quite there, something is missing. I never quite feel like I get the whole truth. And maybe you feel the same way about media in general. We want to know what's actually happening and what's actually happened. But sometimes our newsfeed just doesn't cut it when it comes to telling the truth. Sometimes we need the whole story, the whole truth. And in order to get that, we need to change the source and even the location of our information. Sometimes we need the word on the street. The word on the street, it comes to us through the grapevine. It's the story that never makes the front page. It's the testimony of people or communities that our society has deemed unremarkable, or at the very least, not worthy of print space or airtime. And maybe it's because these stories of people and communities, maybe they aren't profitable. Maybe they don't compel us to go to the store and make sure we have the latest and the greatest. Or maybe it's also something different. Maybe it's that these stories from the underside our world are the ones that we intentionally choose to ignore because they're hard for us to look at. I think that in many cases we know that in learning the whole truth we most certainly would be implicated. And instead of reading about the world outside us or around us, we might feel as though we're looking into a mirror and seeing into our own eyes. But every once in a while, the word on the street makes it all the way to the pages of our newsfeed. I had this experience just this past week when I read in the Wall Street Journal of all sources about the ongoing injustice with child minors in the Congo who dig by hand for cobalt. It's a metal that's used in our cell phone batteries and also in batteries of uh, fuel-efficient cars. And this story really only became newsworthy two years ago when Amnesty International reported that these cobalt mines were employing children and making them work in inhumane conditions. So the 20 plus companies, including Apple and Volkswagen, that were brought in on these, using the, the supplies from these mines, they vowed to audit their suppliers and they sent teams to the Congo to fix the problem. But even after two years, the problems of child mining and inhumane working conditions persist as the demand for cobalt soars in our global market. And I sat there this week with this information, and I thought about the fact that I was reading it off of my iPhone, and that I would be driving home that day in my fuel-efficient car. And I felt helpless as to know what to do. And I felt like I wanted to retreat from that story. I have to admit that these are the types of stories that I would rather not pay attention to. Because I'm overwhelmed by the fact that even from so far away, I am part of such a violent and oppressive system. 
But whether it's as close to us as our Chicago streets or as far away as the Congolese countryside, we are connected to the cries of the oppressed around us. These cries reveal to us the real truth of our society. And this truth, it is the essence of wisdom. In our reading from Proverbs today, it says, Wisdom cries out in the street. In the squares, she raises her voice. At the busiest corner, she cries out. At the entrance of the city gates, she speaks. You've got to love the feminine imagery used to describe wisdom here. And on student night, no less, we get to talk about wisdom. After all, the students who are in our midst tonight, they are all in their courses of study, seeking knowledge and truth and wisdom. But we are being told something very important here. We are being reminded that wisdom, true wisdom, is not necessarily located in the classroom. She's crying out in the street. Those cries sometimes reach us in these high places. But more often than not, we need to meet wisdom where she is. And we need to be there in order to hear her cry. And that's why I'm proud. I'm proud of my alma mater, the Lutheran School of Theology in Hyde Park. They've refashioned their entire curriculum around being a public church. Not a church confined to four walls and a building, but one that is out there, in the streets, listening to and heeding wisdom's cry. The same goes for the students that are here tonight from the South Loop Campus Ministry. Not only are they being challenged in their classrooms with new information, but they are challenging themselves to be in relationship with their neighbors experiencing homelessness by sharing meals and by sharing conversation through ministries like Taking It to the Streets and the South Loop Community Table. In these spaces, our students have the opportunity to share close proximity to wisdom. And in that space, they are better able to hear her cry. And getting close to wisdom, getting in close proximity, it's part of our call as Christians. Wisdom doesn't always get delivered to you on your doorstep to go along with your morning coffee, or put you to sleep at night with tonight's top story. So our physical proximity will matter in our search for wisdom. Because in order to get the word on the street, we have to be out in the street, in the squares, on the busiest corners, receiving wisdom's cry. Today, we have the opportunity to baptize Brady and Michael. And in doing so, we were all witnesses to the anointing of another child of God. Through this anointing, Brady and all the baptized here have been bound with Christ who, as Peter says in today's Gospel, is the Messiah. Interestingly, the term Messiah means anointed. And so in baptism, Brady and all of us here were anointed with Christ. That cross-shaped anointing, it comes with some hard wisdom that sometimes we'd probably rather ignore. It's the wisdom that the path to life is through the cross. The tough teaching that if any want to become Christ's followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow Christ. 
It's the paradoxical principle that those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who want to lose their life for Christ's sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. These are difficult, tough teachings. But when we place ourselves and our awareness in the overlooked, unappreciated, unremarkable places of this world, we will hear the true word on the street. It's a divinely feminine cry of wisdom calling to us from the streets, in the squares, and at the busiest corners. What will we hear when we share time and when we hear the physical call of wisdom in the streets? What will we hear as we share space with our suffering neighbors? Will it cause us to give up hope of the possibility of collectively changing anything of any substance? Will it make us resign to droning away at the feet of the more powerful? Or will we hear it, what it ultimately is? It's ultimately a riskier word to us, that we are asked to let go of power distinctions and to dare to let the Spirit lead us to true wisdom. That to deny oneself is actually an incredible call to be, to be what Christ and the cross have made us to be, God's anointed children, going out, receiving wisdom's cry, 